Kia ora. You're listening to Creative Capital from Te Taumata Tuia Ibe, Auckland's Regional Arts Trust, a podcast about advocacy and systems change. We're exploring the role that arts, creativity and culture play in Tamaki Makoto, with a focus on the people behind the work and their vision for the future. We hope these conversations are a simple way for us to come together as advocates and artists to navigate 2023 and beyond. Today, I'm speaking with the incredible Pere Weihongi. Pere is a musician, composer, voice actor, choreographer, and kapahaka performer who originally comes from Hirikino in Northland, as well as being a founder of the kapahaka group Angetu. Pere is also part of an award-winning music group, Mai Moa. Whakalofalahiatu, my name is Alicia Wilson-Hishi, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm going to hand over to my guests to introduce themselves, and then we're going to have a wee kōrero. Kia ora, au tēnā koe hoa, a kia ora te whānau, a ko Pere Wihongi tōku ringwa. My name is Pere Wihongi. My pronouns, I'm actually gender fluid, uh, so I don't actually attach myself to any. I'm open to all. Um, I'm not excluded to any as well. Um, I have nieces um, and nephews that call me auntie and uncle as well in different uh, relationships. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't mind any preferred her. We'll go there. She, her uh, preferred, but um, yeah, I'm gender fluid. Um, uh, I'm a descendant of uh, the Northland and the many tribes, actually, of the North. And by the Northland, I mean uh, far north of Aotearoa, um, beyond the Brenduans, pretty much Brenduans onwards. That's where I'm from. And um, grew up, uh, born and bred in the far north, but of course, I uh, grew up in South Auckland. Uh, um, and yeah, no, that's me. I think that's my general intro anyway. I hope that oh, <laughs> is good hi. enough. Oh, no, kia Thank you. <laughs> I knew we were cousins and there was a connection. I also am a Mangere local. Oh, there it is, my girl. 275, I knew it. I yeah. could sense it from here. So yeah. happy to hear that connection. I love that. <laughs> it's a bit of grassroots for Absolutely. the Absolutely. So I've, I've put down a couple or written a couple of provocations or questions and I think we'll guide, have that guide our court at all and we'll just girl. see where we go. So picking up on um, having come through Kotakaupapa, how has that informed your practice as a as an artist, as a as a person moving through the creative world? Oh my, um, the impact that uh, Kura Kaupapa has had on me hasn't just impacted my um, my art form, but my life, um, which in turn shapes my view in everything that I do. Um, it's not just from uh, having an upbringing of Te Reo Māori within the Kura Kaupapa system, but from a model that we call Te Aho Matua, um, which is the learning uh, practice um, that is amongst Kura Kaupapa Māori. Um, and within Te Aho Matua, you have uh, six different mātāpono or values um, that really guide the way in which uh, Kura Māori host uh, or teach and um, in turn poipoi uh, or manaki and um, develop our tamariki within the system, within the uh, education system per se. So um, it was coined back in the uh, the early 70s, 70s to 80s, and um, from a very distinctive Māori worldview when it comes to education. 
uh, and within that, so what I, one thing that I do love about um, the Te Haumatua system is that uh, the very first value is ira tangata. Uh, and your ira tangata is basically, um, I'm, I, I don't want to uh, devalue it by trying to translate it into an English word. There's probably not, there's probably not an English word appropriate enough yeah. um, to really describe what ira tangata is, but it's basically the soul of, the, of a child. Um, and so before we go into education, before we go into uh, anything within the education system, it's, it's about knowing the child first. Um, because by doing that, um, you're allowing yourself to have that connection with the student, with the peer, um, and of course, anything beyond that uh, can can be can be created. I suppose can be um, introduced um, in a way that will be uh, reciprocated and also, I guess, retained as yeah. well. Um, so I think. Taumata could have come a Māori system, um, just to really come back around to uh, your question, um, has it made an impact on me in those values yeah. um, and acknowledging first my soul, my ira tangata, before going into the importance of te reo Māori, uh, before also going into the, the importance of ngā iwi, uh, cultures of the world, uh, language, uh, we've got learning environments and te tino uaratanga, uh, which are the main values and, and components that we're wanting to instill into our tamariki going through kura kaupapa Māori. Um, I say this because I believe believe that Te Humatua has had an effect on me and is having an effect on so many uh, tamariki that come through the Kura of Māori system um, on that note, on that basis that it isn't just an education system, it, we're not just stuck in a system and in a process but we're actually acknowledged first as ourselves, as our own being before we actually go into the education system by knowing your students, by knowing your tamariki you know how to teach them you'll know uh, how uh, what lessons um, they'll, they'll respond well to and what lessons would uh, productively retain the information that's needed for, uh, to teach our tamariki um, and it's it's had an impact on my life because that's also what I carry through my work uh, it's had an impact on my life because that's how I see and view as well the work that I do within the creative space uh, within te awaiata music and uh, within kapahaka uh, within uh, all of the I guess works of the arts that I do it comes solely from the lens of te homatua and I wouldn't have got that if I didn't attend Kura Kaupapa Māori yeah I'm just letting that sit with me. What a beautiful way <laughs> of explaining it. I, I, I don't even know what I just said, to be honest. You, no, you're going think... to <laughs> wrangle me in sometimes. <laughs> no, thank you for such a generous um, answer. And I think what a, what a beautiful way to move through the world, really principled and value-based and how actually I think there is a real need for more of that where people are allowed to show up in their fullness and what does that mean and how do we foster environments for that to happen. That's it, that's it. Um, so I, I love that. I love that so much. Thank you. Um, oh, I don't know where to go from there. Actually, I'll ask you my next, next question. So you have had a phenomenal career to date. Like I Googled you and I was like, holy moly, they've done so much. Wearing a multitude of hats along your journey how have you seen the industry develop and shift in the duration of your career? Mm. 
I love it. I don't even know how to like define my career. I don't know how to define the hats that I've worn as well or where I even sit within the professional world. Um, and that's probably that probably goes back to how I introduced my pronouns was I don't like to sit exclusively in the one area, um, but I like to five across the board. Um, when I talk when, when you ask me about like career and you know what art spaces, um, I've worked in and, and I guess noticing the shift, what comes to my mind um, is a, a, a few things. Um, two, my experience within uh, journalism um, and working with Te Karere and Marae as a news and current affairs reporter. Um, I went straight into the uh, the television world and journalism world at that, my girl. And um, <laughs> the shift has been different in that. Back then there was, there was, there were heavy, um, what, what is it? Heavy restrictions on how you would present yourself, especially as a reporter. Um, and so there's been a huge shift in my own identity since then, since having to butch yourself up, you have to wear blazers, your hair has to be short, you're not allowed to wear makeup, no double, no nails, no jewellery, pretty much no expression. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so there's been a shift in that sense. Um, I've done a lot of stories that uh, that delved into human interest. Yeah. Um, and specifically when I look at the shift, one of the biggest shifts that I've seen is in Te Reo Māori, uh, is in Te Ao Māori, and uh, the nations, uh, the wider nations' view and perspective, I guess, when it comes to the Māori world, um, and through specifically Te Reo Māori. Um, I say this probably the the easiest example to to provide is a, a, a Māori music collective that I've been a part of for the last six years, um, called Mai Moa. Um, and we were established actually by Cinco Cine, just around the corner actually, um, in response to the census, um, uh, what an appropriate time as we talk about census. Uh, the census results came out with, uh, uh, and I think it was 2016, um, and basically it showed the declining rates of Māori speakers, of um, knowledge around te reo Māori as well. Um, and so my more collective of young Māori uh, musicians, uh, I would say vocalists, um, were brought together by Cinco Sydney in direct response to that. And how do you inspire a generation um, to shift their perspective on Te Reo Māori, um, let alone the world, actually? But let's start here in our own backyard in Aotearoa. How do you shift that perspective, um, our our kind of portfolio was Waiata. How, how can, can we create a song like We Are The World? Um, but of course, in this sense, the crisis is that Te Reo Māori is dying. It, literally, those were the statements, those were the headlines um, that we were seeing literally only about eight years ago. 2015, 2016, these were, this was when the statistics were coming out. And so we had an intention uh, to bring together uh, a collective of 12 singers um, to create a song um, that we hoped uh, to uh, inspire Te Reo Māori within the music industry um, and within te, uh, Aotearoa in itself. Um, we released a song called Mai Moatia. Within Mai Moatia, uh, it just it, it acknowledges the origins of Te Reo Māori that in fact it comes from 
uh, our landscape. It comes from a long lineage of uh, Polynesian voyage. Uh, this reo, te reo Māori, is actually uh, from this land. And so as uh, livers of this land per se, it's all of ours. You don't have to be Māori to speak Māori. If you have a connection to Aotearoa, you have a connection to te reo Māori, and that te reo Māori comes from this land. The, the, the vocabulary was inspired by the environment that we're, we're surrounded by. And so that's what's within my moatia, the song, is that te reo Māori, no te reo, no ku te reo. Uh, te reo Māori is yours, te reo Māori is mine as well. It's ours, essentially. Uh, mai moa tia e te iwi, mai, uh, mai moa means to cherish. Uh, so it was actually a call to Aotearoa to cherish te reo Māori. And so I, 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 I wanted to say that it is a very extensive um, description or explanation there. Uh, but I needed to say that because that was the origins of mai moa. Yeah. Um, I say that now because this year we've released our final song uh, as a cohort. Um, we have done multiple things with My Moi. We've been able to, um, My Moi Tia release went straight to number one on iTunes. Amazing. Um, Wairua, uh, we, followed, uh, we followed, followed it up with Wairua. Wairua uh, became the most, uh, New Zealand's most watched YouTube clip of 2017. Um, we were able, we've, we've been able to win Aotearoa Music Awards, um, uh, Waiata Māori Music Awards. We've been able to travel overseas to uh, Taiwan, Japan, um, Rarotonga, uh, spreading Te Reo Māori. Um, the biggest ones, the biggest types of events that actually have the impact is actually going into our kura um, and into our communities and singing the songs and hearing our tamariki sing them back. Even at events like One Love, um, where you've got, dare I say it, a whole heap of, uh, a whole crowd of intoxicated, <laughs> uh, very passionate uh, 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 audience members all singing Te Reo Māori. Um, we were fortunate enough to tour with 660 uh, in their summer tour um, and spreading Te Reo uh, Māori. Um, that's been a huge part of my more, but this year we've released our final track and uh, announced the closing of my Moatia. You'd note that last year uh, you would have seen in our statistics that there's been a raging increase of Te Reo Māori speakers. There's been a raging increase of um, even attention to Te Reo Māori. You can see it, you can hear it now on mainstream platforms. Um, I'm not saying that we're quite at the stage that, you know, is needed, but it's there's a shift. Long yeah. story short, going to, your, going to your answer, there's the shift that I've seen within the arts uh, that I've been fortunate enough to work in. Um, and when it comes to music, that's pretty much the journey, that's pretty much a signal when we, when we had seen this is coming up, when we had seen the rise of Te Reo Māori and turned from the origins of Maimua where the statistics were telling us that actually our language is dying, actually there's less people speaking Te Reo and using Te Reo Māori, um, that's the shift right there. We feel like the intention that was originally created back in 2016, we've achieved that. We've, 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 um, I'm not saying that we were the reason why, but we were a part of that shift that you've mentioned and, and we've used waiata music as our art form uh, to create that shift, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. And I think, I think creativity as a driver or a vehicle for, for cultural shift can be such a um, beautiful way of shifting hearts and minds. And I really believe 100%. that that art does have the capacity 
in whatever form it is to really shift people's hearts and minds around the importance of different things. And as a um, cousin of the Moana, I love that I've, I have been able to um, witness how that has shifted, I think, in the course of my lifetime and that my children have a relationship with Te Reo, which is so cool. And it's, it gives you um, a sense of, a, as a non-Māori, I think, a real sense of pride that you have this connection to locality in a way that is through language, which is just so beautiful. And as a cousin of Te Moana Nui Akiwa as well, your language is in Te Reo. Uh, our, the words and similarities is, isn't just a coincidence. The origins of our words as well, of Te Reo Māori words as well, come from our journey throughout the Pacific. That's why we have so many words that are similar. Tapu, kai, moana. Uh, why? There's so many, mana, like there's so many words and vocabulary uh, and, and yeah, the, the vocab is there and also to add into that, in, in you stating the create, uh, um, using I guess creativity as a vehicle to create that shift, our people have been doing this for years. Oh absolutely, from day job. Yeah, before there was even a pen and a paper, this was how we were sharing education. This was how we were sharing yeah. information. We only know so much of our culture actually through our chants, through our moteatea, uh, through our traditional narratives, not only in vocal, uh, in, in our waiata, in our songs, but also in our carvings. There's history in our carvings, in our designs. Uh, there's stories there. Our designs are not just a symbol uh, for aesthetic pleasure. There's actually reasoning between each of our designs. Um, You'll see that in our moko as well. Yeah. Uh, In our facial moko, there's reasons why uh, certain symbols are placed in certain areas. You can look at a, a moko and you can tell someone's story. By how, uh, by how even their lips aligned, uh, you yeah. can tell you can you can tell where they come from by the the a certain curve of of their their kōru. Uh, this is the beauty of our creative space, and it isn't anything new. It's it's actually just reminding us that it, it's intrinsic. This isn't this isn't. A, th- a thing made up just yesterday or last decade. Absolutely, decay. I think we've been that, doing this for years. No, my we girl. have, and I think that's it, isn't it? Is it is pulling from ancestral knowledge, yeah. and so what does that mean for, um, for us all? I think who move through the creative space in this in this country specifically around how do we start to embed those knowledge systems into whatever mainstream capacity, whatever that might look like or mean, yeah. I'm excited. I think it's really exciting. Shift that paradigm. Absolutely. Disrupt the space. Disrupt the workspace, you know. Um, that's a huge part of, you know, when when you when we're speaking about this whole podcast and you mentioned change makers, um, I, the word that comes to mind is disruption. I love that word. It's yeah. always been used against us. Like, you know, when we're, when we're growing up, in class, oh, Petty's disruptive in class. Actually, maybe Petty's curious. Yeah. Maybe, you know, yeah. there's the shift of it. And then in terms of disruption, it, 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 there's a whole meaning in it in um, creating that shift and creating the change needed 
um, for community community enhancement. We've we've had it in our stories. Maui, Maui is a, Maui is a, is a demigod known across Polynesia, and he disrupted time. He yeah. literally slowed down the sun. Uh, disruption and of course allowing us more time in the day that disruption that is a change maker right there that's in our narrative we know that through our songs through our creative space so if anything I believe that actually the creative space is one of the most sacred spaces especially in our culture um, and preserving information and preserving knowledge and creating that change creating that disruption that's needed for our community development Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. So can I just say, it was an absolute joy to watch you on the Te Matatini stage this year. <laughs> um, it brought me so much joy to see Pakapapui bodies on a Te Matatini stage. And I, I just wanted to ask, how does it feel to witness Pakapapui representation in mainstream media, and what has that meant to you? And more widely, what do you think it's mean to the meant to the community? Oh, well, that's a, mm, there's, there's like there's like seven questions in that one <laughs> <laughs> statement right there. So I'm trying to think of the best way to like I guess navigate myself uh, through that answer. So it's, you know, without babbling on, um, representation is huge. We all know that. Uh, if I, I believe if I have the same representation um, of, how do I word it actually? Everything that I do in all of my mahi, whether it be music, uh, whether it be kapahaka, um, outside of it being a passion and outside of it being for the benefit of uh, te reo Māori, for the benefit of our Indigenous communities, um, a part of that intention is to, uh, to exemplify. I think about like... How, what kind of examples would I want to see as a a, a seven year old pity growing up in this creative world and trying to navigate myself? Girl, I I came from rural Hirikino, small town, right up in the far north west coast, about thirty minutes. Our closest township is Kaitaia. We're talking right far north. I grew up, born and bred there. We didn't actually move down to South Auckland until I was ten. And I've been there for so I went from one extreme to the other, um, and I think to myself, like a, a huge part of my upbringing um, has been obviously the bullying um, yeah. faced growing yeah. up. Um, a lot of it, you know, was projections, so it wasn't necessarily intentional as as uh, our community, as, as our tamariki growing up in this space. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think to myself, what kind of example would I w- want to have seen to give me that confidence to, um, I don't know, find appreciation in my takatapui tanga at an earlier stage? Yeah. Um, I feel like if I had I found that appreciation at an earlier stage, I would have been able to create change years ago. Um, yeah. So now I feel like I'm playing catch up. Yeah, um, and I all feel, of the, yeah. I, and yeah. all of the, um, what what advocacy yeah, yeah. No, that's what it's all about and so yeah no I, I try to think about that and um a, a huge part of that has been wearing um makeup uh and and our video clips and exemplifying you know within my more there's there are different body shapes there are different skin colors there are different wider and they're different era um and each of our so we represent 
almost everyone within the community, uh, that's the collective that is my mind, so I, I found the importance of that uh, advocacy from Maimoa and so it was now time to shift that into Kapahaka and yeah. to shift that into a space that I've been doing for years girl I've been um, performing uh, but I've been butching up my performance <laughs> for the last three Matatini since yeah. 2011 I was year 13 and that was my first Matatini I performed at and I was out there um, you know it, it was uh, um, a huge journey because in that I had to find comfortability in my masculinity. Yeah. It's not a natural thing for me to draw upon, especially when we go to haka. Yeah. And I have to like, you know, spread my legs wide and butch up my posture. Um, it didn't it didn't feel natural for me, but in my head I was like, look, if we we're going on to create a show, if I'm uh, if I'm an actor, if I'm going on in front of the uh, in front of the camera for for a certain role, I need to be I need to have all conviction in that role. I need to be serving the the image of the director. I, that's my role is to bring his image to life, and that's what as as a kaihaka, that's what I'm doing for my tutor. It's my responsibility to bring the image, yeah. their vision to life. And so if it requires me being a butch, tani, I will go there. <laughs> I will be the butcher's <laughs> tiny on that stage. Long story short, I've, I've done that for the last three matatini, and I knew that <laughs> going into this matatini, it's been a while, actually, because matatini has been off for the last four years due to COVID. I knew that going into this matatini, um, one, I had become a public figure, um, and so people knew me. People already knew what I was like. So I was thinking, who am I trying to kid? Who are we trying to kid here? Trying to butch myself. I want yeah. to stand as my true authentic self. Um, and that's when I had uh, the idea or the, the challenge, I, I, I said, with our core group um, within Angi to, um to be that example. You look at the Kapaka stage, um, and um, we're not the first Takatapuri to stand on the stage or to, uh, to I guess, bend the gender uh, representation on yeah. the professional Kapaka stage, which is Timatatini. Um, there's been actually a, a long line of uh, trans women, yeah. of, um, of uh, feminine Tane as well, who have stood on the Matatini stage and exemplified uh, this type of stance. Um, However, when the, when we go into those stances, um, we tend to either go one side or the other. Yeah, you're fully feminine, uh, or you're fully masculine. So all of our feminine tani would always sit in the masculine area, uh, and all of our trans women would sit uh, exclusively in the uh, feminine section uh, within the ladies' ranks. And so we knew that it was time now to introduce. Well, reintroduce. Let's let's say that to reintroduce and to uh, re-exemplify um, true representation within uh, within our power. It was it was always like this. So yeah. we're not actually challenging uh, the Maori perspective. We're actually challenging the colonized perspective. Oh, absolutely. And I think that like was that. a conversation that I'd kind of observed coming through um, social media and through different media outlets. But to me, it's like well. What we're actually seeing in real time, which was beautiful, was uh, decolonization and re-indigenization all at the same time. And what a beautiful offer to be able to actually share that with the rest of us. Well, I, along that, like it, it, within that intention, it was to um, really uh, reshape the 
Kapahaka environment as well, the atmosphere of Kapahaka where we're at, because it is, it had been heavily influenced by modern society. Yeah. Uh, and, and, well, obviously, uh, feeling restricted to perform like that. So um, I, it's actually, it's a little bit overwhelming and um, a little bit embarrassing, uh, not embarrassing, it's whakama, which is the word yeah. I'm trying to find here, um, to have that much attention go on that uh, side of uh, the performance um, in that, you know, when we go out there and we're representing um, Te Ao Māori, uh, we do have that represent. Uh, we, we do have that responsibility yeah. um, to really genuinely represent ourselves. Um, and so, uh, the poi, we're, we're performing the poi. Male have been performing the poi on the Matatini stage for years. Yeah. We're not the first um, yeah. uh, males to perform. We may be the first males to perform the poi like that, though. Yeah. Uh, to perform femininely um, as. Previous male performers will be the long point, and they're performing quite uh, masculine and butch and quite rigid. Um, whereas uh, in our performance of the point, we performed it completely feminine and um, to link into the synchronisation of our full ladies performing the poi we didn't want to clash so it's our job to synchronise and synergise with the way our ladies are performing and uh, twirling their poi per se. Um, and then when it came to the haka, we knew we didn't want to butch ourselves up, so we placed ourselves as manu nangahu, which are, are side performers of the haka, and they're usually performed by wahine, this role. Um, we've always been forced to get into the haka lives, get in, and so we've been like, okay, like, who are... But in this live, we knew that it was time to represent and it was time to shift and show another place uh, where Takatapui can sit in the performing uh, world of Kapahaka because the intention is that we're reflecting true, genuine Māori tanga. Yeah. We're reflecting the yeah. pa life and how we used to live. Um, on the Kapahaka stage, you have your entrance, your moteatea, poi, haka, um, action song, and then your whakawātea, your exit. When you come on in your entrance, it was originally made so that you were coming on like, as if you were coming on to a marae and you're marching on from the Waharu and you come on and then you perform your items and then you exit. So the entrance wasn't actually originally to your first item that you perform. It was actually to depict how an ope, how a group would walk onto a marae atea in front of a whare in front of people and perform and then remove it and then walk off, not to be the attention grabber, which is how it shifted. Um, and so, yeah, there's been a huge kind of like uh, growth and development within the Kabaka world. But I guess just to, to get back to your, your question in terms of um, that performance, in terms of that ex uh, example, I suppose, within the Kabaka world, um, um, I really need some mehitu, angitu to my kapa yeah. because they... They supported us in that challenge. Like, and this is competition. We we're being judged by uh, uh, by our komata, by yeah. elders who have uh, been brought up in the traditional world as well, and who have also had huge huge exposure to the the, the heavy colonisation we we have to yeah. we had to face in the fifties onwards. Matatini is celebrating fifty years, and so they've been alive throughout that whole uh, process of Te Matatini, and they're here now judging us and to have a shift, to have a change. It is kind of scary. And, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest here, we had 
it was very anxiety inducing because I'm sure we didn't know yeah. how people were going to react or like not only just the people but how the judges were going to react and not that the judges are the be all and end all and not that they determine our quality um, but you know, we have to remember that we're performing with 40 other uh, kaihaka yeah. and so it's not it's not about us it's about our kappa and so actually we're risking this representation for the kappa 38 others we, we don't know how the judges are going to take us and we've been practicing for the last six months we're not going there just to play marbles yeah uh, yeah we're yeah. going there to compete we're going there to really push ourselves and to really push a potential within our performance within our arc and our and within our craft um, and so, yeah, that was the anxiety that we had to face, the risk of losing that whole six months just for representation. And, uh, you know, I don't mean to uh, shrink the representation no, side of, of things. No, of course not. But, you know, there's all, so many different factors we had to consider. So I really want to mihi to Angi turn to our kappa for the support we expressed to them you know, the whole situation and that it is different and that it does challenge um, some people's minds and not everyone is going to be open to this shift. Not everyone's going to be open to this representation. Um, and they they supported us 100%. Yeah, there was not one I think, that was against it. Yeah, I think just reflecting on that, Pity, I think that's probably what your strength was because people know you. Like, do you know what I mean? Because you yeah. are a public figure and there's a sense of, I know that person and I'm familiar with that person. Being able to see someone that they have an understanding of and a sense of like, oh, that's that's my that's my friend yeah. or that's someone that I watch on TikTok. So there is a fam familiarity there of going, oh, it's not so scary because I know Petty and they're amazing. And so that's what that looks like. Wow, it's not so scary after all. I'll tell you right now, um, you know, we've had, the, on, on social media, you you have trolls, it's like that's their, their job, their intention, their mission, yeah. goal in life, um, is to, you know, I guess troll people without being identified. And so there's still those, <laughs> there's still those, you yeah, know, trolls out there, there's still yeah. that, I guess, uh, the negate and, and discussions that don't necessarily agree uh, with the, the representation that we've um, or the stand that we've made, um, but it's easily overshone by the support that we've 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 been receiving by messages we've been receiving, uh, comments that we've been seeing, dedication posts that we've been seeing as well. Um, but actually, ironically, even um, just as recent as yesterday, um, I, was, I was I was mentioning that we were down in Tikaha um, working on another project, and on our way back. Um, to Tauranga, we actually missed our flight. Uh, this was just last night to everybody who's listening, who may be listening right now. We just, we had just missed our flight and um, we had, um, we, I'm meeting myself and my fellow translator, Hana Miriraiha, who's my tour, um, and we missed our flight. So, and it was the last flight in Tauranga. So as our production uh, company is sorting out whether or not we can drive our vehicle straight back to Auckland or if we stay the night and then fly back the next day, we decide to um, uh, go to visit one of our, a common friend of ours, a common whanaunga of ours, uh, who's a teacher at one of the schools. Um, 
just to go and visit them actually because it was around but this time it was like 6 p.m so school had finished um so we called them they're a couple kitty and hida um they, they're based down in um tauranga and uh, they're actually principal of one of the kura down there oh beautiful um we went down and um so we called them and actually they were at a performance with their kids and so we're like, oh, okay, no, no, that's fine. Uh, we'll catch up another time because we were still waiting to figure out what, what are we up to. Are we staying here or are we going to carry on driving? And then even if we weren't, we're still keen to visit them because they're very uh, close friends of ours. Long story short, they invite us to the performance with the kids. Um, and uh, it was literally only five minutes away. And they said, oh, you can, you can probably make the performance if you leave now. Where are you? Uh, we're at the airport still. Come now. Okay, so we make it to the performance. We get there. Um, and we're on the side of the stage. And the kids are performing. They had already started their performance. And there's that, um, they didn't even know that we were there. They had literally done one action where the whole group turns to the side of the stage. And there we are on the side <laughs> of the stage. She's like, do something. So I, done a, I do a pukana to them all. The whole faces changed straight away. Um, Kitty invited us to come onto the stage at the back, just standing back to sing the songs. We knew the song that they were singing, Rongoma. Beautiful song, Poi, from back in uh, the 80s, actually. Um, I say the story because uh, when we start to sing uh, this Poi, um, two performers come out. One was a wahine and one was a young takatāpui boy who had a, a paki to replicate what I had worn on the Matatini stage and he had performed the poi uh, himself as well. And that was his debut, per se, as a poi performer on the Kapahaka stage. Get it, Baba. It was, and, and I say this because uh, it's that. That yeah. is the affirmation that reaffirms that anxiety that was just that reaffirms yeah. the doubt um and that reaffirms the importance of advocacy and of representation on the kapaka stage it does have effects and it does shift the way in which we view well, not only tenor but we view ourselves and i think that's most important in, in our work of advocacy Absolutely. I think you you can't be what you can't see. And so it is so, so important to be able to have visibility of a completely different spectrum and shifting that paradigm. And I say that as someone who, um, from a community, who does a lot of work in the fat activism space and just showing up, I think Lizzo, Lizzo, yes. my girl Lizzo, yeah. um, of just going, actually, it's really important that you do see positive uh, affirming versions of yourself that isn't tragedy because yeah. speaking um, from our community of of queer Fano, um, I think we're hilarious. We're really <laughs> funny and we're joyful and we we are so much fun that often I think the the mainstream narrative um, is that we're all sad people and that's never been my experience of we're our community. We're all gay. <laughs> like, you, you think about it, what are the origins of gay? It's happy. And, yeah. And, like, yeah, no, let's reclaim that word. That's a whole part of the narrative and, like, how... That's why we're gay, girl, and it's beautiful to be gay and it's beautiful to be happy. I use it in that sense as well as the sense of identity that gay is. And that's yeah. literally what we are and it's a beautiful thing to have and... I mean, outside of that, it, is, it goes right back to your, your point and, and that advocacy and, and that representation and in seeing yourself in um, living your true authentic self happily, gaily per se, and knowing that that's all good too. 
Oh, absolutely. And I think often when people think about, well, what is activism? What is advocacy? There's a subscribed idea of what that can be. But I think what our communities do so well is actually using joy as a vehicle to disrupt. Mm-hmm. That actually joy is the, Love is, the, is the mechanism of going, well, it's radical. It shouldn't be. But queer joy, pakatapui joy, uh, brown joy is actually really radical. And it I think is. that's where we're seeing the shift is that we're showing up in the world, really sitting in our joy and going, this is how we make change. It's just by like sitting here. And what does that look like? Throughout the the history of colonisation, that was the intention, was to completely remove our, our belief in ourselves. Why do you think uh, the first thing uh, the colonisers attacked was our art? They took away carvings. Within, within the north, it's still there. There's no carvings in my, my marae, in my whare nui. There are no carvings. That's due to colonisation. They, they attacked art first to remove our history, to remove our narrative and to remove our art form. Art is such an important part uh, to uh, a culture. It shows you how, it's a reflection of who you are, where you come from, the stories within your community as well. And so a part of that narrative, um, a part, and it's it's blatant. It's, it's, I'm not just saying this to like, you know, like the fight. there's literally evidence and diaries and in writings that the intention was to remove the belief of a certain people, of of Tiwi Māori even, uh, within themselves, and that that's what it was to really attack our art form. So going to that, by living happily, by actually exemplifying your happiness, and by living radically happy, you are going against that intention that was originally there, the, the intention to remove all of that happiness from us, all of that gayness from us, all of that radicalness from us. So by us being happy, that's another kick against the grain. That's a disruption in the colonial narrative of who we should be, who we should be and how we should see ourselves as well. How, even right down to the point of how we should be feeling, you yeah. know. So we yeah. should be. It goes right. I don't even know how you just worded that, but happiness is a is is a form of radical change. Well, it's a total act of resistance. Yeah. I really believe that yeah. that being able to show up in the world joyfully. Especially brown happiness. Especially brown happiness and joy is a real act of resistance. And I think I have one last, oh, actually I have two last questions for you. So thinking about that and the importance of um, art and culture and it not being a nice to have, but actually being needed in order to keep people well. Yes. And reflecting on... um, What's happening at the moment in, in Tamaki Makoto where we have a mayor who thinks that's a nice to have. Is it a nice to have or is it necessary in your mind? I, I don't even understand what a nice to have is. Yeah, no, yeah. right. Yeah. If we can find a definition. What, what, what do you mean by a, a nice to have? Like it's like the, the difference between like, oh, is it a privilege well, or is it a yeah, requi- I think, like, yeah, no. I think the, the waters that we're navigating currently in Tamaki Makoto with these um, budget, proposed budget cuts is is really kind of having a conversation around is arts, creativity and culture, is it important? And for me, 
as a brown woman navigating this this, this space in in Tamaki, and 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 seeing real in real time how transformational that's been for our communities. It's not a nice to have. It is an absolute necessity. Well, it's an absolute necessity if you want to be a thriving community. Yeah. Art, the art space is the soul of a community. Without it, you're a robot. You're a robot city. Yeah. There's no life in in a city. There's no life in a community. Art is literally the soul of a community. And without it, you're just a walking vessel. You know, you're you're just a an operating vessel of a community. There's no actual sustenance. There's no real oomph within the community. So it is. It's not a nice to have. It, it's a requirement if you're wanting to be a thriving community. If you're wanting to, you know, I I want to tell me, show me a space that doesn't have art. Show yeah. me a space that doesn't have art and then show me the results of what you know the, the how is that reflected within the community show me the statistics of a community that doesn't have art and tell me that that's healthy tell me that's yep. thriving and yep. you know i'll have to see it to believe it like you said <laughs> yeah i can't you can't be what you can't see so i i believe that yeah it's 100 percent a necessity for a thriving community yeah i totally agree I asked this question on our last episode and I think I want to ask it again, even though this this conversation has been so joyful and yum and delicious and I'm so grateful to be sharing space with you, is what is your, what is your hope for Pakatapui people in Aotearoa? As you look into the future, what does that look like for you? Oh. A little bit blurry at the moment, I'll be <laughs> honest. But um, oh, oh my gosh, uh, the hope is that it's not used as a uh, a uh, a reason for, I guess, one to doubt themselves. Yeah. But it's actually used as a a reason for them to realise their true potential and that it's takatapui tanga can actually be a superpower when used the right way. We have, um, you know, uh, certain perspectives, uh, we have certain ideologies, certain creative spaces in our minds to really bring out, uh, I, I believe, the secrets to the world. Um, that's in every single one of us as uh, Indigenous peoples um, and as livers of the planet Earth per se, but I say this because um, I, I, upon reflecting in, in these last couple of days um, on my own journey and actually um, I, I found myself reflecting my position where I was 10 years ago to where I am now and I was asked as recently as like last night, actually this morning, um, what's the difference, like what's the change, what change have, have I noticed and finding, you know, I was in a completely different space of my takatapui tanga 10 years ago. Yeah. I was at TVNZ, like I was I was suppressing a lot of my femininity and now I've really found comfortability in my femininity without suppressing it. I believe um, that uh, because I'm not trying so hard to suppress that um, femininity, that inner takatapui tanga within me, 
my brain is now more uh, my brain has more space capacity to focus on other things yeah and to thrive yeah. on other things and to create other uh, examples and other uh, ideas on how to shift and disrupt the world where I'm not so busy and comp- uh, complying all of my mental energy on how do, how do I suppress myself how do I suppress the anatakatapuitanga to make someone else feel comfortable around me yeah. I feel like now I'm thriving because I have that inner appreciation so my hope for Takatapuritanga is that they don't see Takatapuritanga as a, a, a reason to suppress uh, themselves because in turn it just suppresses their inner potential and I hope uh, that eventually um, you know from a young age Takatapuri uh, children uh, from an early age, as we mentioned from the uh, in the beginning of this corridor, find that appreciation, um, and that they don't have to spend half their life suppressing that takatapuri tanga, suppressing actually their inner superpower. I hope that um, not only they find that realization, but that the wider community as well uh, helps and supports because I believe Tamariki thrive in a in a community that they are supported in. And that's what I oh my I don't even know why I'm getting emotional <laughs> right now. I actually I'm getting emotional because I think about um the people who have supported me. Yeah. And the people who have enabled their potential within me to thrive. And I I'm getting emotional now because I hope going to your question, I hope that other Takatapri kids have that. And I hope that it's supported and that um they find that inner realisation, that inner appreciation for their superpower at an early age and that it enables so much more sh- uh, shape-shifting in our, in our communities and that it disrupts so much more because we're not even halfway no. of where we should be yeah. and living a, a, as a potential, uh, in, our, in our full potential as a community. So my biggest hope is that that, shift, that, that appreciation is found and that they don't suppress their superpowers. That's how I feel. That conversation was just like a big hug. (laughs) I just want to acknowledge you, Pere, and your generosity in this corridor. And I am just so grateful that I've gotten to share space with you this afternoon and sit in your imagination for an hour. So thank you. Oh, I love sharing these spaces. And like you said, it's important that we have these discussions and that we share these perspectives with as many people as we can. So thank you for, if anything, thank you for hosting. Thank you for opening up the space so that we can come in and share these stories. Thank you for hosting narratives and hosting questions that are important to the message that we're trying to push out there in our advocacy, a lot of the a lot of the answers that came out were, were from the way you hosted yourself in this corridor, the way you have uh, drawn out uh, answers within me and even emotions within me. So thank you for opening up that space and reaffirming that it is a safe space and that it is a comfortable space for me to be able to uh, bring out all this corridor. And I just hope that it was contributive to this kaupapa and to the intention of this podcast. So yeah, tēnā koe, o tira tēnā tātou, e huine. Thanks so much for listening to Creative Capital, brought to you by Te Taumata Toya Iwi. You can learn more about our mahi at www.tetaumatatoyaiwi.org.nz. Please also get in touch with any feedback or ideas for the series too. Nā mihi noe.